Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. I guess I better turn the volume and the game down here. Did Messi just hit the post? I think he did. Uh, spoiler alert, they're in the 33rd minute, and it is uh, one nothing for Argentina. Bob Stoffer with you. This is Oilers Now. Guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. We're going to have to hook up our next guest. He's done the show on multiple occasions, spoke with him down in Dallas, and uh, he is all over uh, NHL free agency. Chris Johnson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, I was uh, pontificating a, a little bit on the John Tavares uh, deal with CAA and that it's maybe a little much. Uh, and I, I don't get me wrong, I respect the player. I'd say he's a star. I don't think he's a superstar. But I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, having all these different organizations, uh, you know, basically going to the kingdom to meet with perhaps a guy who can make an organization uh, a king's ransom moving forward. Well, I can see where you're coming from on that. I mean, it's not exactly normal practice uh, for NHL players to do this. You know, you do see it in other sports, specifically the NBA, where teams go to great lengths to, to woo free agents. You know, I think part of that is due to the fact that, that we don't get players even uh, of Tavares' caliber too often uh, potentially becoming free on July 1st. And so, you know, he, he's gone through a meticulous process here. I know that stretches back a couple months when they, they started really uh, looking at, uh, you know, where, where he might fit uh, going team by team. And, and, you know, they've narrowed the list to five, and now everyone meets with him. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's his right to do it. You know, we saw Brad Richards do it. Zach Parise did it uh, a few years ago. Steven Stamkos had a couple teams in. And, uh, you know, this is uh, probably the, the biggest decision he'll ever make in his career. Uh, and so, you know, John Tavares, just being a meticulous guy, uh, wants to be sure he's, he's comfortable with what he decides. All right. Well, one of the teams, uh, we believe that Tampa Bay is one of the teams that are in, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, breaking news, JT Miller has just signed a five-year extension worth $5.25 million per season, which is not to say that they still couldn't make it work for Tavares because they could move um, Tyler Johnson out, as an example, uh, and probably get a decent return on him. But um, how would you, uh, you know, from a racing perspective, maybe uh, handicap the race to land John Tavares? Well, I think Tampa certainly would occupy the fifth spot only because I, I'm not sure from their end of things how far they can go with the contract. I mean, you know, I, I think largely the other teams will be in the same ballpark on, on what they're offering. And I do realize there's some tax benefits down in Tampa that, you know, his take-home pay can, can certainly be better than it would be in, in California or in, in Ontario if he were to be with the Sharks or Leafs. Uh, doesn't have to earn as much uh, against the cap, but they, they, they have a real squeeze there. Uh, to fit him in, you know, the other teams, that's not quite the, the the same thing. And you know, they can offer him different opportunities to to win a Stanley Cup or to compete for one. You know, in the case of Leafs, it's coming home. 
I think uh, lifestyle would be part of the sales pitch from, from San Jose and Dallas. And then, you know, to me, I'm starting to get the feeling, honestly, that, that the odds of him going back to the Islanders are, re- are reduced a little bit to, you know, by the mere fact he's gone through with this process, is meeting with all these teams. And, you know, I think what's different than the Steven Stamkos situation two years ago is that Tavares has legitimate reasons to want to look elsewhere. You know, and, you know, Steven Stamkos had a team that was, you know, had played seven playoff rounds in two years. You know, it's already in a warm weather climate. He was, you know, it's already a, a pretty good tax state. You know, in looking back, you can understand why he elected to stay, whereas, you know, the Islanders are facing three more seasons of playing home games in two different rinks. Uh, you know, they really haven't put much of a team around him in his nine seasons in the league. And, you know, this this is a once-in-a-lifetime shot for him. So, you know, I would say Toronto and San Jose both. Uh, I, I would elevate among the other uh, teams that, that he hasn't played for. Uh, you know, I think that, that there's some close to Tavares who believe the Sharks are the best fit for him in terms of the total package lifestyle and having a chance uh, to win a cup. Uh, I do think a little bit of him is intrigued by the idea of being a hometown boy, uh, comes home to the Leafs to try to help with them over the top uh, after a lot of years wandering around the wilderness. So, you know, I think between those two and then the Islanders, that's kind of the, the, the favorites, at least in my mind at this point. Well, it's interesting just with San Jose, Chris, because when Todd McClellan was finishing up his last year, uh, they had 10 players that played that season towards the end of the year that never played in the NHL again. And they appear to be on the verge of a rebuild. And then Peter DeBoer went in there, and as we found out, Peter DeBoer is a really good coach. I mean, he got New Jersey to the final. He got San Jose to the final. Um, and they have stayed in the mix. And the other thing we've learned is that Doug Wilson is, and it's not a, it's, we haven't learned it. We've always known this. He is literally in everything, isn't he? Oh, he is. And, and look, he's made some shrewd moves. I mean, the, the one to get Martin Jones where the Kings are trying to trade him out of the division and he did the three-way deal to get him from Boston after they flipped him. He kind of pulled an end around on the Senators with Mike Hoffman and turned, you know, Hoffman into to some extra drafting assets and then, you know, got rid of Mikel Bogter's contract and that uh, mix. I mean, they've done a good job. I think the one concern I would have about San Jose, if you're John Tavares and you're, say, looking at a seven-year deal, is, you know, they do have an aging core. And, and you know, at some point it's going to have to turn over. I mean, even a guy like Logan Couture, uh, who's, you know, one year out from free agency, is, you know, he's approaching age 30, you know, uh, Joe Thornton, who knows what he's got left after, you know, having serious surgery on both knees each of the last two years. Um, you know, Joe Pavelski's over 30. You know, I know that they have guys signed to those long-term deals, and, and they've been such a good team for so long. But, you know, I would have some pause just about, you know, where the decline, you know, comes in for that group. But, you know, there's no sure things in our sport anymore. I mean, uh, I don't know of anyone who had Washington Vegas, even at the start of the playoffs, as the final. And, uh you know, and yet that happens. So, um, you know, it's not to say that the Sharks can't do it with a John Tavares signing, but, you know, I, I, I do think it's a, it's a tough choice. And it's a, it's a great, great thing for John. He's going to probably get rich for three generations worth of Tavares's out of this. But, you know, I imagine it's a pretty stressful process he's going through right now. All right. So if he leaves, the max term length he can sign is seven years. Is it $77 million? Is that what we're looking at, do you think? Well, it depends where he goes. You know, I think some teams are willing to go to $12 million a year uh, wow. th- on the seven-year deal. So I could see it coming in closer to 80 or $84 million, wow. uh, depending. And, uh, you know, look, there's a couple things at play here. The, the cap's gone up, you know, $4.5 million this year. And this is a player you're adding, you know, asset-free. You haven't had to trade anything for him. 
give up anything for him. And cap space, as the Oilers well know, uh, you know that that counts for something because when you're locked in, it, it's harder to maneuver when when you've got long term deals with that kind of money. So you, you have to be pretty sure. Um, but you know, I could see him coming in with an AAV above 11 million, especially if he ends up leaving the Islanders. I think with the Islanders, you know, an eight-year, 88 million dollar deal is is on the table, and you know, is something that that he would probably sign in that case. But if it ends up being one of the other teams, it uh, might be a bit north of that. So tell me this, Chris: How does Toronto make it work? I mean, they just signed, uh, you know, Marlowe on a three-year deal at 6.25, and he was great the first year. I think that's got to be stated, but. They're going to have to get three pretty good forwards signed here over the next two years uh, that are homegrown products, including, obviously, Austin Matthews. So how does this happen that they can fit in Tavares as well? Well, the Leafs' view of it is that it's a problem for next summer, basically, in that uh, you know they have $25 million in cap space for this coming season. It's more than enough to sign him for the first year of the deal and, and still you know sign a couple of restricted free agents and perhaps do a little bit more than that. Uh, next year will be a real crunch, you know, by the time they've extended Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and, and William Elander who needs a contract this summer. Uh, you know, it, it will mean getting rid of good players, whether it's one of those kids, which I think is probably less likely. You know, someone like Nazem Kadri uh, could be traded, you know, come next summer at a $4.5 million cap hit. He's a pretty, uh, you know, decent option. You know, still not at age 30 in, in, in his cycle. Um, but, you know, it, it would mean one year to really go for it and and then they're going to have to get creative and you know the reason that Kyle Dubas feels so confident they can pull that off is you know they've got two pretty good cap guys one in Brandon Pridham who used to work for Central Registry and the other in Lawrence Gilman who they just hired this summer uh, you know did a pretty good job for the Vancouver Canucks teams that came within one uh, game winning Stanley Cup in 2011. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to watch. So, uh, give me. So, you figure San Jose and Toronto are in the two best spots outside of the Islanders, or are they ahead of the Islanders right now? Uh, that, that one's a tough for me to gauge. I, I would say that they're probably a little behind the Islanders, but gaining. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, once you open your door to this, I mean, it's one thing to talk about it hypothetically a month ago with your agent. I think it's an entirely different experience when you're welcoming GMs and coaches into the room and you're having a discussion and and you're really imagining what it would be like to change. And, you know, from what I heard, John came away very, very impressed uh, with, with what Kyle Dubas had to say to him yesterday. And, and you know, I think that, that it helps these other teams uh, to get a chance to get in front of him. And, and well, yes, some of them will think, why was that worth it? If, if they don't end up signing him here at the end of this, they, they might agree with your original point that, it's a little bit much to have to go through this whole process, but you know, if someone other than the Islander signs them, I'm guessing they're going to feel that that the seeds were really planted uh, when they got in the offices at CAA and then and, and had a chance to to make that pitch. So Dallas is in this as well, right? They're still yeah. in this as well, and that's one where I kind of look at Dallas and I wonder, you know what? I wouldn't rule them out either. I mean, Jim Nill made deals to get uh, Tyler Sagan. Pretty good trade for the Dallas Stars, and they're going to have to get Sagan signed in a couple of years as well. But they're, you know, he's another guy. He went out and say what you want. He might have to, if he does get Tavares, he'll he'll probably have to buy out Spezza. But the fact is, he found ways to upgrade their forwards, and he's he's a deal maker as well. He is, and you know, they're another favorable tax state, and and you know, have some some pretty good pieces in place. So I, you know, I can understand 
the appeal. Obviously, the, the lifestyle is, is not so bad there as well. Uh, it's funny. I saw Jim Neal about two weeks ago uh, during the Calder Cup final. You know, the Texas Stars are playing the Marlies. And, and I asked him, oh, how's your, your summer going to go? He's like, well, we think we'll be quiet. And then, you know, two weeks later, he comes out and he's kind of the under-the-radar team uh, that, that got to the table with Tavares, which is a you know, which is a breakthrough in itself. The National Predators would like to be there. They didn't get the chance. The Montreal Canadiens would like to be there. They didn't get the chance. St. Louis, Colorado, uh, in Vegas. You know, there's a number of, of you know, I think appealing situations and, and teams that, that wanted to be part of these meetings and, and you know, basically didn't make the, the initial cut. And, and, you know, Dallas wasn't really on anyone's radar until they were. And, and I'm with you. Maybe they're the the dark horse and all this and, and can find a way to, you know, get John there and, and, you know, really build a pretty dynamic board group, even more so than the one they already have. All right, so let's do some quick hitters. Uh, speaking of the Maple Leafs, James Van Riemsdyk, what are you hearing there? Well, he's, he's certainly gone from Toronto. I, I actually saw him today at an event in downtown Toronto here, and, and, you know, he's still in the city training, but, you know, the feeling is that, that you know, there's just not money there for him, that, you know, the, the money they committed to Patrick Marlowe was, was what it would have taken to sign him. And, you know, I think that there's there's been quite a bit of interest, though. And, you know, he's you know he's someone I wonder in a couple places. Uh, a New Jersey boy uh, who I think has an affinity still for the New York area. You know, perhaps even the Islanders could, could be a spot uh, where he lands, depending on things shake out uh, with his relationship with Lou Amarello and, and, you know, being so close to home. Uh, you know, also wonder if Vegas gets in on him. You know, after you know, basically losing James Neal and David Perron, uh, likely on on Sunday when when the free agent market opens. But you know, really, it's going to come down to to where he thinks is best. And you know, I think that for him, term is a priority. If he can get something in the six year range, maybe you know, close to six million dollars, that that'll be enough uh, for for someone to sign James Van Riemsdyk. Tyler Bozak. Uh, what about Colorado or Vancouver for him? Those would be number one and two. I, I would place Colorado ahead of Vancouver just because, you know, that's a playoff team. It's a team with a little bit more going for it today, although the Canucks have some nice prospects coming down the pipeline. And, and you know, he'd be played at Denver in, in college. He's kept a home there and returned there every summer. And, and, you know, I think it's long made sense for Tyler to end up at some point as a member of the Avalanche. And now that he's calling his own shot, uh, I think that's a possibility. Vancouver may offer the most term and money, and, and if he's making a purely financial slash family decision, uh, they they might be able to get in. I and mean, it wouldn't rule it the Leafs circling back on them. You know, if, if this Tavares thing doesn't go in their favor, they're pretty light at center beyond Austin Matthews and, and Nazem Kadri, and you know perhaps they they might be a dark horse for their own guy at the last minute. Uh, to get in there and keep them uh, here in Toronto. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Chris Johnson. This is Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Chris, uh, there was some misdirection on Max Pacioretty uh, when we were at the draft on uh, Saturday. Was he traded? Was he not traded? We're not sure what transpired there exactly. Uh, obviously, was not traded. Will he get traded in the course of the next week to 10 days? I think he will. You know, there's so much water under the bridge here that... You know, I'm just not sure that this is one that you can walk back. And, and, you know, that's a tough spot to be in. It's a little, I mean, for entirely different circumstances, but reminds me a little of the Hoffman trade in that, you know, everyone knows that Ottawa had to move him out of town. I think that that's where we're at with Montreal, uh, that, that, you know, bringing him back is not on anyone's radar or something they want to do. And Matt is ready for a new start. You know, he's fired his agent over the weekend and, you know, tried to get another agent to, to help facilitate this behind the scenes. And, 
you know, I think a big thing for Pacioretty is what contract extension gets tacked onto that deal, uh, you know, once he gets to July 1st, because he's a year out from free agency, has been playing below market value. And, you know, I think there's been significant enough interest in him to think that, you know, there's a deal to be consummated here. But uh, you need two to tango and you need a third party in this case in terms of Pacioretty, you know, willing to sign off on a deal, I think, to, to make it happen, much like the with Kyle Turris and the National Predators when he got built in season. Uh, you know, there's there's some moving parts here, but, you know, I think when when it gets to the cold light of day, everyone knows what's best, and that's, you know, Max moving on for a fresh start, and I do believe that'll happen before the start of next season. Chris, I'm going to give you a price point. You tell me what it's going to cost, uh, and I'll give you a term length. So, Tobias Reader, three years, what do you think the uh, AAV would be on that? Ooh, you know, my gut tells me somewhere $4 million, $3 million, wow. $4 million. I mean, you know, he's got some leverage. He's still pretty young. Uh, his point totals aren't massive, but, you know, he's at that stage where if you're getting into a three-year deal, you're buying up, you know, some of a UFA year in there. And, and you know, I, I think because uh, the, the free agent market itself is, is not that strong, and, and there you're, I think you're still buying on upside with someone like him. You know, I, I think there'll be enough interest that he'll be able to get somewhere in that three to four million dollar range on that sort of contract. And despite my own personal campaigning, unlikely to happen for Edmonton just because of their limited cap space moving forward. Uh, Derek Ryan, two-year deal. You think he can get two and a half in Calgary on an AAV? I do, and and you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, part of what I when I see them not qualifying Nick Shore, uh, part of me thinks that uh, you know that they're they're going to go after Derek Ryan that that might be part of the thinking there because, you know, you know obvious connections with Bill Peters. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's one of those under-the-radar centers. I mean, once you get beyond Tavares and Paul Stassi and Bozak, I mean, uh, there's not any superstars in there. You're, there's Riley Nash's and Derek Ryan's and that uh, to fill that role. And then, you know, he's going to get paid pretty nicely just being a UFA in that kind of circumstances. And I think there's a few teams out there that are I've already contacted his agent about that kind of deal. Speaking of Calgary, uh, a final thought from you on the trade. Uh, Dougie Hamilton going, uh, you know, I, I hey, led NHL defenseman in goals last year with 17. Uh, Michael Furlan, who dropped off in the second half, but is still a presence. Probably didn't fight as much as I thought he would last year, but he still packs the wall up when he chucks him. Uh, obviously, Adam Fox, a prospect, and then Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. I'll, I'll, uh, from my perspective, um, I think that Carolina won the deal. I got the best player. I I don't worry about the off-ice stuff as much as some others, but I'd like to get your thoughts on that, Chris. Yeah, I think Dougie Hamilton paid the price for what was a disappointing season in Calgary, and, and you know, he's probably taking an undue amount of the blame and, and you know, for off-ice stuff or things, you know, that, that probably aren't under his control. I mean, all I see when he's on the ice is they, they control play. He put up a huge point total the last two seasons. And he's on a really good contract. I mean, a contract the Flames signed him to uh, when they acquired him from Boston. You know, a little over five and a half million dollars uh, cap hit. You know, I, I think given his age, 25, the fact he's a right-hand shot D, uh, this is a, a, a win uh, for Carolina. I mean, they, they, they're giving up something here too. And you know, we'll see if Noah Hannafin has uh, a ceiling that that you know he wasn't able to reach in Carolina. He's still a relatively young player, but uh, I'm with you in that the Hurricanes got the best player in the deal and and. Uh, the circumstances were right, uh, where Calgary felt that it's a little bit of addition by subtraction. Uh, you know, we'll see if that comes to pass when the games get played next season and they don't have as an effective player uh, playing the kind of minutes Dougie did on the, on the right side of their blue line. So Hamilton and Pesci on the right side, 
That still leaves Justin Falk in Carolina. Is he going to end up in play here, do you think? He's, he is in play. Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to end up somewhere else. It, you know, Carolina doesn't feel like they have to make that deal, but, you know, if it can bring them something back, uh, you know, they're, they're willing to move him now. They also have Trevor Van Riemsdyk has a right shot on their blue line, you know, on the third pairing. And, you know, they're, they're one of the rare teams that, that feels like they have enough uh, quality righties among their group uh, to get by and, and maybe even a few too many. So, you know, much like everyone other than Sebastian Aho and, and now Dougie Hamilton, you know, basically their entire roster is in play if, if someone uh, wants them bad enough. And, and, you know, I think the Carolina is interested to see, you know, a John Carlson off the market. Uh, we'll see what happens with Eric Carlson. Uh, but, you know, where Justin Falk might land, uh, just because, you know, teams looking for, for blue liners don't have a lot of options on the free agent market. Uh, geez, we went the whole 15 minutes to even talk about Eric Carlson in Ottawa. We'll leave, I'll leave you with that. Just uh, does he go? Does he get moved here in the next 10 days, do you think? I think he has to, myself. Um, you know, you, you can't get in the next season with him unsigned with the, the question marks. I think that the deal gets worse as time goes along. I, I thought they should have moved him at this fast trade deadline because, yep. uh, you know, they knew and we know where this is headed. Uh, you know, they wouldn't have had the discussion they did with the Vegas Golden Knights if, if they really believed he was going to stick around and was a sure thing to sign an extension. And, and, you know, I get that it's a tough trade to make, and they're trying to attach Bobby Ryan with $30 million left on his contract to him, so that changes the return you can get. But at some point, I believe they'll rip off the Band-Aid and, and move Eric Carlson, and my goodness, I don't know what's going to be left of the Ottawa Senators once that happens. Chris, we really appreciate your time. It was good seeing you down in Dallas, and we'll touch base down the road. Okay, Bob. Take care, pal. You bet. That is Chris Johnson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. We'll step out for two minutes. It's 12.54 at Edmonton. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. A couple things for you. So again, when we're factoring in the order's cap, we always... uh, uh, go full rookie bonus on Yessa Pugliarvi. And I do think it's a coming upon the Oilers to see what they have with Pugliarvi. I had somebody uh, ask me when I was in Dallas, uh, you know, geez, would the Oilers look at maybe Charlie Coyle for Yessi Pugliarvi? And Coyle's got two years left, $3.1 million. Uh, he's a He's a skilled player. He's a legitimate top six NHL player. He's a UFA in two years. I think, I think they got to... I got to see what they got with uh, Pugliarvi. 
But because of the fact that they're roughly at 76 million, again with 11 forwards, six defensemen, two goaltenders. This includes Farming Montoya. It includes uh, the cap penalties on buying out uh, Pouliot and Griba. Um, you know, three million dollars maybe on a one-year deal for Strom and a bridge at say three million dollars, uh, give or take a couple hundred thousand for uh, Nurse for a couple years. It means Edmonton's sitting there with about, by my count, about three point five million for four spots. So do the math. Like we're looking at about eight hundred thousand dollars per player, and I do think they're going to need to take fourteen forwards to uh, Europe to start the year. That's probably a given as we head off there. So just, just a little bit of math there for you. Is Bouchard going to go to Europe too, Bob? I would not bet against yeah. him. I think he's got a, a real good chance to get some games to start the year. Even yeah. having him stick around with the team for a little while yeah. might be beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We have a very busy second hour of the show. Stoffer Inspector Mark Spector will join us. He was down at Rogers' to, uh, place today in the Hall of Fame room for the uh, announcement for the Helenka Gretzky event, which will take place in the second week of August in Edmonton. And then, uh, speaking of said event... Uh, from Hockey Canada, Scott Salmon. He's the VP of Hockey Operations for Hockey Canada and Oilers Assistant GM, Keith Gretzky. But I lead up next with Global News Weather Traffic.